Doherty, the 6'7 sophomore from East Meadow, New York. Leadership is learned. A starter on Coach Dean Smith's legendary 1982 Tar Heels National Championship team with Michael Jordan. Jordan comes down with a rebound. Clears it away to Doherty. Doherty going in against Floyd. For the layup, it's good. Leadership is earned. Head coach at the University of North Carolina and the University of Notre Dame. You notice Matt Doherty. He is up working every second of this ballgame. Leadership is taught. Public speaker, author, and executive coach. And leadership does not require a title. This is the Rebound Podcast with Coach Matt Doherty. Welcome to the Rebound Podcast. I'm Matt Doherty, and I'll be your host. On this podcast, we focus on the topic of leadership and overcoming adversity in an open and raw kind of way. We discuss setbacks and how to rebound from them. I became passionate about leadership after being forced to resign from my coaching job at the University of North Carolina in 2003. I went on a leadership journey and realized it may be the most undertaught topic in formal schooling, yet the most important. Today with me is Susan Cates. Susan is the managing partner at Leeds Equity Partners. Leeds operates in the knowledge industry. She has 25 years of experience in investment banking, private equities, and education leadership. Susan is a Duke undergrad and UNC MBA graduate. Susan invests in the American dream. America is known for companies that are built from the dirt, from the garage, the the apples of the world, uh, where it goes from nothing to something of significance. Well, Susan and her partners are the investors that help accelerate this growth. So she really has to evaluate these individuals at the end of the day to their core, what makes them successful when they have failed, how have they rebounded? Welcome, Susan. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thanks, Matt. Nice to be here. Tell us more about what you do and your career up to this point. Happy to. Um, I my, What I do currently is i the managing partner of Leeds Illuminate, which is a new strategy launched in partnership with Leeds Equity Partners. Um, we are growth equity, um, uh, private investors in companies in the education and workforce development and workforce access space. So, investing in companies that are working with learners and workers from the first day of school to the last day of work, um, supporting growth, whether that's in early childhood education and um, uh, through social emotional learning and early grades and, um, uh, and hard skills in, um, in uh, high school up through all sorts of different paths that um, that folks take through post-secondary um, and work to have productive lives. Mm-hmm. How, how did the pandemic uh, impact your business? You know, it's it's actually um, uh, it's pretty fascinating. I've been I've been in the education sector um, in one way or another for 22 years, mm-hmm. um, starting my career in investment banking, and then as a, a partner in a, in a private equity group before moving into operating roles, both at UNC and, and then in a public company where I was COO for, for some time as well. And the trends that have, been, that have been evolving in the education sector, particularly in post-secondary and, um, and workforce development, upskilling, reskilling, 
um, uh, and workforce access, there, there's been a, a real shift towards, um, towards technology-enabled education and technology-enabled access to work in different ways that has been that has been steadily building as the technology has gotten better and better over the last over the last two decades. Um, what we've seen in the pandemic is a real acceleration of those trends in a lot of ways, which drives great opportunity for the companies that we're investing in. We've seen um, we've seen really rapid growth and acceleration for a number of the companies that are focused in this sector. Um, you know, there. I, I think I think about um, people talk about going back to normal. And I, when I think about what we've seen in terms of the acceleration of trends in education and workforce development, I don't see us going back. I see us this moving us forward more rapidly into a direction where we're already going in many ways. Now, that's not the case for all subsectors of education, early childhood, um, elementary school. There's not a parent around who thinks that sitting a six-year-old in front of Zoom all day is is a, an effective way to educate young kids. And right. we should go back to in-person as, as quickly as we can um, for young kids. But it, 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 even in younger grades, um, I think what we have learned in this pandemic um, and the opportunity that we've seen by shining a light where, um, where our current system isn't working as well and um, identifying opportunities for um, for change to support all learners better um, is going to continue to drive opportunity for investment in the sector. So mm-hmm. um, we've had a very busy year in terms of uh, in terms of investment opportunities in companies that are that are solving some of these problems. Well, that leads me to the next question, which. Uh, you brought up, you have a unique perspective as an investor and what you've seen from entrepreneurs who experience failure, because, you know, the whole genesis of this podcast is about failure and dealing with failure and and how to rebound from failure. From your viewpoint, from your perspective, when you're evaluating an entrepreneur, how do you do a deep dive on their background? And when they did fail, how does that impact your decision to invest in that in that company? Yeah, you know, I actually I, I love investing in folks who have experienced failure. You know, life is not always up and to the right as you think about <laughs> as you think about financial charts, right? It's it's um, you know there are there are dips and blips, and you have to you have to to figure out how to recover from those, how to be resilient. Um, and how to learn from those and go forward. Entrepreneurs, by their nature, are are optimists, um, and you know that is. You know, I, I think you have to be to go launch something new and start something. You have to believe that you can do something big, something that hasn't been done by somebody else. Fill a need that doesn't that that other people aren't doing, um, and. You know, you you don't always win at that. You don't always succeed at that. Um, and in fact, most entrepreneurs um, don't succeed the first go around if they have a big audacious goal. 
Um, and, and, that, and entrepreneurs who have experienced the experienced failure, experienced missing that, um, that brass ring that they were aiming at in terms of the, of the company that they wanted to create, the value they wanted to create, the impact that they wanted to have, um, are, are, are much more attractive to me as folks to invest in because they have, they've built up some scar tissue. Mm -hmm. Um, they've experienced, um, they've experienced what happens when, um, when you miss and had to pick themselves back up and go forward. Um, and, and, and still have the, the resiliency, um, to be optimistic, to go and believe that they can do it better the next time that they can, that they can, they can, uh, go and create something that will succeed the next time. So, you know, we, we dig in, um, on, uh, certainly on background in terms of really understanding an entrepreneur's story, you know, how did he or she get to where they are today? We're typically investing for leads illuminate. We're typically investing in companies that are, are that have reached some level of scale and success that are at you know 10 million plus in revenues um, that have a line of sight towards cash flow positivity over the next 12 to 24 months. So they've figured out some aspects of their business, the business model, um, but still, you know, a lot of a lot of room to grow in terms of scale. And so one of the things that I'm most interested in when I'm first meeting with an entrepreneur is really understanding his or her story what you know what where did they where did they start from you know where where were the um what were the the milestones and the transition points in their career um i think focusing on transition points um and uh and focusing on some of those downward dips in life um, is where the interesting stuff really happens um, and where people learn a lot. Um, I think about one of the one of the the entrepreneurs that we are an investor with today who has built a company that um, that you know in the four years prior to our investment had grown from 10 million top line to just under 100 million top line in four years um, and is continuing to grow as you know, creating great value, creating a great company. Um, but the first company that he had started um, was, a, was a, a travel business um, in, uh, that really was sort of getting, getting going in 2008 when we hit the last economic crisis. Um, and, you know, it, 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 it sputtered and his investors wanted to sell the business at a time that he didn't. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it, it didn't, you know, it, it, he wasn't able to, to drive that in the direction that he, that he had dreamed of doing. And that experience um, is actually incredibly valuable in helping him think about, you know, how do I want to, how do I want to manage this business differently? And how do I, how do I react to, external issues that are out of my control because we're all deal with things that are completely out of our control 
global pandemic is one, uh, you know, a massive economic recession in 2008 is one, you know, and and having the experience of go- going through that, I think, gives gives him a lot of mental strength and a lot of um, and a lot of and a willingness to act um, uh, with that continued optimism, but with clarity that there are things that are that can really disrupt you. When when you look at that person, um, yep. can we give him a name? Um, sure. I'm going um, uh, to 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 protect his yep. protect his privacy. Um, uh, I'm going to call him Al. Al, Al's or good. Paul, Paul Simon. Al, so. Al, Al, there you go. Al, Do, what? Um, you know, some people have the optimism. Some people don't. Uh, can it be developed? Uh, did Al have a support group uh, who helped Al coach? How did he get through, you know, that transition point uh, you, you, you referred to? Um, because the people here listening, everyone has dealt or will deal, deal with adversity. And, and how, you know, how did Al get through it? How do you, the people that you look at uh, in these businesses that have, have failed, how, is there any common denominator besides just inherent optimism that helped them rebound? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I, you know, I think, um, I think it, it, both for Al, for other that other um, other entrepreneurs that I can uh, that I'm thinking about who have experienced similar sort of issues where they've been you know pushed out of a, a company that they've you know put years and years of work and and their heart and and their life into that weren't as that that reached a point where due to friction with their and with their investors or um, or um, or challenges in the business that were pushed out of the business, you know, how do they, how do they really deal with that? Um, you know, in I, I, almost all of them um, that I can think of have had, um, have had people who've been through that before, who have been coaches, advisors, you know, a friendly ear and shoulder um, to to hear them out, um, to let them let them not just deal with frustration, um, but turn that into um, into some self reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, we all need you know, we all need somebody that we can um, that we can you know tell about our issues, who's going to be in our corner. Mm-hmm. Um, but to grow from failure and to grow from those mistakes, um, you don't, you don't need a chorus of people saying, well, that it was unfair. Right. It was not your fault. It was, you know, <laughs> those people are horrible. Oh yeah. Like, no, you I, need your mama to tell you that, right. but you need people around you who help you look at, your responsibility in 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 creating that situation and and help you look at what you could have done differently, what you should have done differently, um, what you shouldn't have done differently too. Maybe there are failures that you know 
Right. You know, you you wouldn't turn around and do a thing differently about it. Um, yeah. And recognizing that is an important part of the journey as well. Well, I talk uh, in, in the book I, I've written called Rebound from Pain to Passion that we need to surround ourselves with truth tellers. Uh, yes. we, we need to have people on our team. Even I jokingly say my next head coaching job, I'm going to have an assistant coach that on the business card his person, his name or her name, and the title is truth teller. And they yeah. are allowed to come to me whenever they feel necessary and knock on my door, whatever it might be. Don't even knock. Just come in. Tell me the truth. And, yeah. and I've got to thank them for that. Yes. Praise them for that. And, and I got to listen. I don't have to act, but I just have to listen and, and, and applaud them for doing that. So I encourage them to do it again yeah. um, because we all have blind spots. And I tell people, I said, wouldn't, would, what if you as a CEO put a hidden microphone in the break room and after a staff meeting, when everyone went back to the break room and you went to your office and they start complaining about you, wouldn't you want to know? What they're yeah. saying, like, yeah. hey, isn't that helpful? Yeah. Like that, like, like, because everyone does it. <laughs> yeah. Everyone does is everyone's going to complain about the boss. So you want to know what right. they're saying so you could fix it. It, it. Absolutely. And you need, you need some creative conflict on your team as well. And that's the, that constructive, um, that constructive pushback around things, you know, makes teams better. Um, it's not always easy to listen to the truth no. tellers though, no. you know, cause it's, you know, it can get painful when you, when you've got somebody telling you that, you know, that you don't listen, he's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way you think about things is not going over well. Um, uh, so it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's really important advice, but it's really important to, um, to hold yourself accountable to doing that though. I, you know, I, I, I remember a, a, a earlier time in my career where, um, where, uh, a, a, a great friend who I'd known for a long time and who was running a successful business wanted me to come and join the team. And, and he said, you know, I'm a big personality and, you know, nobody really gets in my face and, and you do, and you will, and I need that. And I said, well, I, I do, and I will, and you do need that, but you should write down that that's what you want because you're going to like it less when I'm there <laughs> doing that with you every day. So, uh, so did yeah. you join the team? I did. I was right. He liked it less. <laughs> <I did>. <laughs> so. now, tell me of an incident where you went in, you confronted him or her. I'm, I'm assuming it sounds like it was a him. It was, and, yeah. and And it didn't go as planned. Yeah. Um, early on um, in that relationship, you know, there was a uh, that we had a we had a, a, a pretty meaningful difference of of viewpoints on a, on an organizational structure issue, mm -hmm. um, you know, where I was I was coming on and um, and we had talked about well, these, you know, these five roles are going to report into, into you. And, and right before I joined the team, um, he talked to one of the, one of the executives who was going to be reporting to me. 
And that person reacted very negatively um, because that person didn't want to have a role between him and the CEO. And I can understand the mm-hmm. I can understand that that emotion and that reaction. Um, but uh, my um, my uh, my my friend and my my soon to be boss um, made a decision on the spot to um, to acquiesce to what that leader wanted um, and changed the what we talked about in terms of a reporting structure. And, um, you know, and I, I, I felt pretty strongly that that um, that that whether that was the right decision or not, that it was setting me up in a way um, walking in the door where uh, where it sort of undercut my credibility in the organization. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and really pushed, um, pushed hard on that, um, you know, in, in a way that I think, uh, you know, that, that, that he very much took as me questioning his judgment and questioning his sort of right to make that call. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think about, uh, I, I think about how I approached that and how I could have, how I could have handled the conversation in a way to deliver, to deliver the, deliver that point, which I would still stand by, mm-hmm. um, uh, but do it in a way where, um, where he felt less uh, defensive about the about the decision, mm. um, uh, and and if that might have might have helped uh, helped our help that dynamic uh, get get off to a better start. Susan, continue uh, with what I'll call the CEO challenge. Um, he said he wanted pushback, honest feedback, someone to challenge him, and you went to challenge him. Um, and it sounds like you're more, ref- more w- reflective on how could you have done it differently, but he's told you he, want- he wanted to be challenged. And so, you know, there's, there's a little bit of an art form, but when someone tells you, hey, I want to be challenged, challenge me, and you did, and it don't- sounds like it didn't work out as uh, you had hoped. Yeah, I, I think it, it, that's certainly that's certainly true, and that's fair. We def, you know, I, 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 um, I ended up working closely with him over the over the next year and a half, and then we decided that we do better with more distance between us, <laughs> and, um, and so, and 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 that's 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 true, and that's fair. Um, but you know, I, I, you know, one of the I. I, I Try to I put myself into that the same situation. I try to think about. It's one thing to say that you want a truth teller, and it's another thing to to sit with that and to live with that, and to and to really um, and to really um, mean it and and show that with your actions. And um, you know, I. I I, it's something that I try really hard to put into practice myself because, 
you know, I have a, I, I have a, I have a strong personality and, and I, I always tell folks when I hire them onto my team, one of the things to know about me is that I, I will sound a hundred percent certain about something based on very little information. And so don't let the fact that I sound certain <laughs> stop you from telling me that I am absolutely, totally wrong. If you have more information than I do, don't, um, don't be swayed by my, by the, by the strength of the conviction that it sounds like I have. Um, so, you know, I have, I tell people, I, I need you to push back when you know more, when you have facts that are different, when you have a different thought. Um, and it's my responsibility as a leader then to encourage that, to not shut people down, to not react negatively to that. Um, and, and, you know, I, in a recent conversation with, um, with one of my partners, um, you know, she was raising a, a concern around just norms in terms of how we operate as a team as we're building a new our new investment team. And it was something that, you know, I didn't didn't at all see the same way as she did. I didn't see it as a problem. I didn't, you know, I had a different viewpoint on it. Um, and, but I, as a, you know, when she pushed back on the way that I was approaching something, I, I said, you know, look, it's, I don't see it the same way. I won't, I won't pretend that I see it the same way, but I respect you and I need for this not to be an issue for us as a team. And so let's define ways where we can avoid this feeling like friction to you. And so trying to trying to both be honest with my own feedback, but to welcome mm -hmm. the pushback and to support that and try to do something constructive with it is, is something that I'm, that I'm trying to do better in my, in my own life as a leader. So you, you, um, you know, I, I've said this to my staff in the past, Hey, I, in this conference room, I want conflict. I want, I want yep. challenge. I want that stimulating to me. I yep. said, now I may not be able to digest it and accept it and implement it. That may take time. I may, I may decide no. Uh, so right. when we leave the office, we need to be aligned. But I feel yeah. like by them being heard, they are respected and they feel like they have input. Yeah. Uh, um, and so they can own some of it. And, and, um, but I like that. I think it's stimulating conversation to think of what ifs, you know, what ifs, what, what about this? What about, you know, that's great conversation and um, something might stick. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, it, it, I think about it, our our investment process, you need people you need people to not just be cheerleading for something. You need people to be poking holes and mm -hmm. pushing back. And that can be uncomfortable when you're advocating um, for something. But that's the way we get to the that's the way we get to the best decision. Yeah. Well, to have that. You, you've had a a. You've done some amazing things, continue to do amazing things, um, you know, whether it be an investment or, you know, a, 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 a coaching scar uh, as a leader. 
you know, we all have nice resumes and they look good, but no, I don't see anybody ever really list on a resume their biggest failure or their biggest mistake. Um, uh, what what have you dealt with in your career that you could look back and say, you know, I really screwed that up or or I failed there or, you know, um, you know, what what is that in your career, if you don't mind you know, sharing that with us and how you dealt with it and overcame it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, there are, uh, it's, it, there are, there are always bumps along the way. Um, and some of those that seemed, that seemed, seemed big at the time, you know, seem embarrassingly small in hindsight now, you know, I, not, I, 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 you know, I've, to when I was applying to business schools, I didn't didn't get into the didn't get into to Stanford where I really wanted to go. And, oh, wait a second! Now, don't you know, tell the, me UNC was your 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 safety school. <laughs> That's a shot. And that, that UNC was a sh- is UNC is my home <laughs> and my love now, and I, and my Duke friends will like you know burn me in effigy for saying it. So, but it's you know that that failure to get what I thought I wanted and where I thought I wanted to be led me to a place that you know has become a real home and a real community and a, and a real support for for me that you know I, I'm I'm better off for it. I think I've and, and figuring out that there are a lot of different pathways that can um, that can make you happy and be good for you is is um, part of uh, part of bouncing back from uh, from not getting what you want in, in mm. various situations too but you know I, I, I think about you know I, um, you know a, a recent a recent story where um, last summer as we were you know in the you know in the fairly early days of the pandemic you know right before, um, right before the whole world had shut down, my partner and I were launching this new strategy and just starting to talk to investors about about raising a fund, and um, and anticipating that we would raise that raise the fund and and be done with that um, last year. And then and then of course everything changed, um, and we had an opportunity with with a, a company to lead an investment in this incredibly successful company where we could add real strategic value and they were willing to take a bet on us, even though we didn't have a fund, we didn't have committed capital in place. We didn't have a fund in place yet. Um, And so we signed a term sheet and we were working through that. And I started off that process feeling like this is going to, this is such a great investment. It's going to be a piece of cake to go raise the money for it. Um, And, uh, and there were, at least three different times over the next couple of months where I felt sure that I knew who was going to, you know, who was going to be investing the $30 million that we were seeking to lead this deal. Um, And uh, there was one in particular where we had spent weeks with this group of investors um, where they were, going to lead that investment and that was going to end up leading into being the anchor investor for the fund that we were putting together. And, and we spent so much time on that and we were, we were, uh, you know, really thought that we were going to get there on it. And, um, and at the end of, you know, as we were, you know, negotiating around the terms, what they, 
were asking of us was a lot more than we were willing to give. And, um, and my partner and I said no to it. And, and it, it was, it was so deflating. It was because it felt like, you know, this was sort of the third group that we were, Mm -hmm. that we thought was going to, was going to make this happen. And, um, and really, you know, I, I spent a couple of days of feeling like, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to be able to get this done. You know, we've, I, I, I really thought that this was the group. And if we, you know, if, if we, if we can't get this, I can't get this investment done and, and, and raise the money, how are we going to raise the fund that we're doing? You know, we're going to, this is going to, you know, be devastating to, um, to our reputation um, in the market to have said we could go do this and not be able to do it. And, you know, the, I, the, <clears throat> you know, I, 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 I've said since then, I, you know, I, we just had to take this attitude that, you know, we were, that the only way we were going to, that we were going to fail at it is if we stopped, that we were just going to be like the little engine that could and keep saying, you know, I think I can, I think <laughs> I can, I think I can. And keep moving and keep turning, keep talking to folks. And um, and shortly after that failure to get that deal done, that was that we thought was going to be the linchpin to launch what we were doing, um, we met met with another investor who immediately understood the story, who did come in and invest, and um, has continued to support us in, in other investments over the over the last several uh, several months, but. Um, you know, it really uh, having having the investor that we thought was going to lead this sort of fall apart on us after um, after uh, uh, this long period where we where we were really hanging our hat on that um, was a you know was was a pretty low point in a um, in a in an already kind of crazy year in 2020. Yeah, 2020 was tough on a lot of folks. Um, What advice, uh, as we close, start to close here, what advice would you give someone who's dealt with a major setback uh, uh, failure uh, in their lives or careers? Yeah. Um, You know, I think the, I, I think the, best advice I can give is to take the perspective that, you know, that time heals um, and to, you know, to really actively take stock of the a failure in one aspect of your life doesn't define who you are. Um, and it doesn't even, it doesn't even define that aspect of your life. It just defines that moment that incident um and so taking stock of the things that are that you do well um that are in other parts of your life um is i think important but really taking paying attention to the failure not just shying away from the hurt of it um to reflect on um on what it teaches you about yourself and what it teaches you about how you can how you can operate differently you can't control other people you can't control the, a pandemic you can't control an economic recession 
Um, all you can control is your reaction to things. And so using failure to, to really focus on how your reaction can be more productive the next time um, is, is uh, the, the most, the thing that it, that is in your control when you experience a failure. Amen. Amen to that. Susan Cates, thank you for sharing on the Rebound podcast. We've learned a lot. Um, overcoming setbacks is a huge challenge. We often feel all alone and try to wear a strong mask, uh, but that mask over often becomes so heavy that we become broken. Admitting your vulnerability is freeing. Uh, vulnerability is the new invincibility, says my friend Brian Moran. Uh, thanks for listening to the Rebound podcast. I welcome any and all feedback. You can reach me on Twitter at Darty Matt. <laughs>